Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. So I know that grace flows via the word of the Lord as the word of the Lord is echoed forth and preached. That I taught you quite thoroughly. The thing you push back and preach against is the thing you will never experience. But the thing you want, you must echo. You must speak forth. Right? The thing you desire, you must speak forth. So in our announcements and in Carol's administration of the table of the Lord today, in a, these are not just words of encouragement. What we are doing is we're sounding forth an intent. We're hearing, picking up what God wants in the heavens, and on the earth we're simply agreeing with his disposition towards us. Every purpose of God is released by an announcement. You study this throughout the Old Testament. God never ever just comes into the earth to do something major. There's always a herald. There's always an announcer. There's always a prophetic voice to declare the intent of the Lord. But here's the deal. Whenever even God used angels on some hill to announce the birth of Christ, not so. When something significant enters the earth of God's purposes, there's always, it's always prefaced, precursed by an announcement. The announcement is not just to inform people. Listen carefully. You must understand the nature of God's speech. When God's speech is not only informative, it's catalytic. When, if God says something, it's not just for your information, but here's the deal. The moment of his utterance of the thing signals the commencement of it in the earth. The thing is already predetermined and it's a done deal in the realm of the, the heavens. Right? For God to get it a done deal in the earth, he prefaces it by a word. The Old Testament Hebrew word for word, the word word, word of God. You're reading word of God in the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew word daba, D-A-B-A-R. Everyone say daba. Daba means that it sounds forth the intent of God, but vested in the utterance is the technology or capacity to get the thing done. When God says it, it's not like, he hopes for it to be done. He's saying of it, from his vantage point, is the thing done? So it's not just information. When God speaks to you, he's not just informing you. What he's doing, he's catalytically, he's, he's, he's activating, he's precipitating. It's like igniting a spark of a process to get the thing done. Okay? To get the thing done in your time. So, Jeremiah, what do you see? God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, what do you see, prophet? This was, uh, Jeremiah was a bit unsettled about his prophetic destiny. He was a bit reticent, but unsure, right? He says, I'm a child when God called him. Don't know how to speak. Don't know how to come in. Don't know how to go out. So, to encourage him, God said to him, well, Jeremiah, what do you, what do you see? God was pushing the prophet to believe in himself. That when this prophet speaks a word, 
to rebellious people, his speech is not just informative. His speech will actually be the doing forth of the will of God in their midst, right? Get, get, get the, the framework. So God, God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? If you know the book of Jeremiah, this particular prophet often sees pictures, visions, that kind of thing, like Ezekiel, right? So what do you see? And so he said, I see the branch of an almond tree, right? Wow, then God pats him on the back. Well done, Jeremiah. You've seen well. You are a prophet because I made you one. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I established you this deal with you, right? But he, he's trying to encourage the man in his destiny, in his prophetic role. He says, you've seen well, for I am ready to stand behind my word to perform it in its day. The Bible says, King James language is lovely. I am ready to do what? To hasten my word. The word hasten means to accelerate. Come on, you should be getting excited. <laughs> to accelerate. Why did God show Jeremiah an almond tree? The almond is the first to blossom towards the end of the dead of winter. And as the new spring season is about to come forth, this plant defies what the natural order of the season dictates it should be, but it precipitates, it anticipates a spring. And while the spring hasn't broken forth, it acts as though it's arrived already. So when, when, that's why God showed Jeremiah, I need to encourage this brew as a prophet. So what do you see? God, God could have showed him a palm tree. God could have showed him a, whatever, a, a, a cypress, lovely trees in the Bible, right? The cedar of Lebanon. But God showed him an almond tree because God had to speak to the Hebrew mind that speaks and sees and understands in pictures. That's how the Hebrew mind works. So when Jeremiah saw that, he knew exactly what God was saying. So then God says to him, now go and speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. God encouraged the brother. I want to encourage you. We are in a season of tremendous acceleration. You know what? I love the, 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 the verse again. It says, God says, I am standing where? Behind my word to hasten it. Everyone say hasten. hasten. Come on. Water can be turned into wine. A process that should take years and years, God compresses into one moment. Right? I, I want to start to encourage you. You know, I'm, I, I hate deferment. If you know me, I'm very intense in my pursuit of things. I want the thing done yesterday. Right? Don't delay. Right? The Hebrew word for delay is aha. Don't aha. Right? You must hasten. Right? You know, it's, it's the most frustrating thing to work with people that don't have a sense of urgency. Not so? Those of you in business or in the workplace, your work colleagues drag their feet. I think, you know what God says? I am ready. A child is... Born, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the end, of, of, of the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no, no end. Then it says this, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Is God zealous? Come on, talk to me. God has zeal. Do you know that? Do you think God is like this unzealous person 
dragging his feet up there in the heavens. No, no, no. There's an impetus. The Bible, when Ezekiel saw him, he said, I saw him like a wheel within a wheel. Come on, get the picture. Everyone do this. I, I think God is in momentum mode. He's a wheel within a wheel. There's this movement. I'm standing behind my word to perform it in your day, says the Lord. So Dr. Segi, years ago, about three or four years ago, I was in, at an apostolic school of ministry that Pastor Thelma hosted in Peter Maddisburg, and I heard him release this word. And the title of his message there was, The Favor of God and the Acceleration of God. I distinctly remember it. I was studying in this week, and the Lord brought it back to my memory. And I want to encourage you, you're going to be blessed. He's coming on Sunday evening. But listen carefully. I want you to be focused. Nobody must come next week Sunday nonchalantly, casually in your mind. I've invited a credible apostle in our city. I think Dr. Segi, I have the hugest, the highest regard for him. I've learned so much from him over the years. He also has the highest regard for our patriarchal father in the Lord. You must know that. And if anyone has overt signs of favor and acceleration, it's Dr. Segi in his life. And yet he carries it in this humble, unassuming, and submitted posture. It's key. Amen. Are you all excited about next week's Sunday? Be in prayer Saturday. I want to encourage you, don't treat the next week lightly. When is they come to the meeting, I'll, I'll speak further about this topic. I'm expecting great favor. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Are things moving too slowly in your life? I want to encourage you, let, things are going to move faster. Right? What, what took years is going to take a day, take a moment. I want to encourage you. Amen. If there are people that are sick, you must bring them. I'm trusting God for overt favor and blessing on a multiple uh, uh, array of things. Business people must come because I, I know the in part the content of, of his message. He, he will bless you. Right? Um, it's not that we're seeking after these things. I am saying, as a spiritual father with this house, I am saying that God spoke to me that this is a season for the favor of the Lord. But favor mustn't be seasonal. I want to encourage you. While I say this is a special moment, our, your spatial sphere of existence must be favor continually. Every day you are favored. You don't wait for seasons of favor, right? right? But we're living in a different epoch of time now than previously. So I want to encourage you. Um, your, I want to say it again. Your spatial sphere of existence is the favor of God upon my life. When I get up, when I sit down, when I go in, when I go up. My down sitting, my uprising. Everything about my life is favored. Start to think like this. Everything I touch will succeed. Everything I touch will turn to gold. Right? I want to encourage you, think like this. If you look at all the, the examples of favor in the Bible, uh, there was tremendous, tremendous uh, grace poured upon the individuals. And they accomplished things in their time that by far outweighed the standards of their time. Right? Far exceeded the standards on the, the beacons, uh, the standards of their time. And this is our privileged preserve in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So are you excited about next week? Right? Hallelujah. Amen. We've been fasting this week. We've had varied expressions of fasting this week. Amen. I want to encourage you to be in prayer mode even in the coming week. 
Last week, we made a few introductory statements, if you would, in reference to the favor of God. Just want to repeat a few things before we go on. Watch. The Greek word karis, the Hebrew word hen or chen, translated in English as grace, is often translated as favor. So the word grace and favor in the Bible, 99.9% of the time, there are a few exceptions, but most often it's translated as favor, right? The favor of God. Grace is the invisible, immaterial, compositional makeup of God as a spirit being. But when it's received in the life of the recipient, God will deal graciously. You must always remember this about grace. The thing about grace, it always highlights the kind nature of God. Everyone say, God is kind. When you think about God, you are gracious. It wells up in God. There's a disposition in God called the kindness of God. And it's also, He's also highly benevolent. He's, he's gratuitous. He's, uh, they call it the plenitude of the gracious nature of God. Right? The plenitude, or the correct word is the plenitude. It's just, he's just stocked up with kindness. Right? I want, to, want you to get a revelation of this. God is not angry with you. I'm going to say this as picking up some of us feel disqualified. God is not angry with you. Right? God likes you. He doesn't only love you. He likes you. Right? He's kindly dispositioned toward you. Right? The Bible actually says his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor will last for a, a lifetime. His anger will last for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Everyone say lifetime. Say moment. Now, two positions are contrasted, a moment and a lifetime. It says in reference to when God gets angry, his anger will last for a second, a moment. What's a moment? A second, right? It says, but his favor compared to his, his anger, his favor will last for a lifetime. So throughout the time of your life, in your lifetime, you can have the time of your life. Because the favor of God will vest and rest upon you. Even though you're going through serious trials and tribulations, the favor of God is meant to characterize the lifestyle of the sons of God. I mean that seriously. I want to say it again. When you examine my life as a son of God and I claim to be full of grace, I must have a commensurate, equal display of over-demonstrations of the favor of God in my life. Now, some synonyms for favor. Yes, the kindness of God, the preferential treatment of God, right? God shows me preference. He has an affirmative action plan simply for me, which most regard as it ain't fair, right? Favor ain't fair, but it's, it's biblical. When God selects and puts his finger and his hand upon you and starts to bless you and elevate you, Above others, right? I want to encourage you. It's God's preference. Everyone say preference. Um, these words conjure up, you know, in society today, when you say he showed the other preference, you're saying um, 
barring all standards of protocol, the person was selected above others, which if the protocols were applied, they should not have been, but they were selected. A preference was shown to a particular person in a particular respect. Right? Um, so it includes ideas that God will give you, watch, special standing is another term. Everyone say special standing. The special standing with himself and before men. Now the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with God and with men. That's Luke 2.52. The Greek word charis for favor is used there, also translated grace. So God's desire is not only that we only grow in favor or in grace with him, but men on the earth will start to deal favorably with us because of the grace of God in us. Whether they know it overtly or, or they are unconscious about the fact that you are God's son, God will take the heart of a man and turn it just to like you. Ordinarily, you know the person should not be favoring you. Ordinarily, you know the person should not be preferring you. But God, I've seen this, God can take, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the heart of the king, the president, is in the hands of the Lord. And he can turn it this way, and he can turn it that way. Right? Right? You must understand these things. He can turn it this way and that way. He, God even used a heathen king, Cyrus, to order his will for his people politically in the whole earth in that day. Okay? God can use anyone. So if the heart of a king is in the hands of the Lord, how much more any other heart? Right? Everyone say, God is the determiner. Right? God is the determiner of my destiny. And let me just say to you, I'm, I'm, I am telling you now, brethren, start to believe this. God's going to turn people's heart toward you to show you favor. Right? In business, I want to encourage you, get ready for expansion and an arena that you've never, ever, not yet experienced. Things are going to start to open up. And when it happens, you're going to say, it was the favor of God upon my life. Nothing more, nothing left. God determined this, okay? Why did they receive and approve your tender? <laughs> when there were others more favorable by natural standards, right? The Bible says when Esther went before the king, she found favor in his sight, in his, in his eyes. Amen? You know, sometimes we walk around with damaged mindsets. And we walk in certain contexts and we walk in sheepishly. I want to encourage you, don't be arrogant or proud because I taught against that. That repels pride. But be confident. Eh? There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Confidence smiles. Arrogance smirks. Eh? You be robust. You be focused. And you know why this is important? Don't fear and don't retreat into your personality um, that you grew up with that now renders you um, ineligible to, to manage certain things that God is going to lead you into. Let me just say this to you. I, by all accounts, should not be standing in front of you right now. Public speaking, in fact, speaking was never my thing. English was my most hated subject at school. Right up to matric, okay? 
I started, I had a stammering problem. I was cured when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, re I remember the, the incident so clearly. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost at the Assemblies of God Church in 54 Rayleigh Crescent. Right? From that moment onwards, I could not stop speaking. It was like my tongue was let loose. We were doing bus ministry. We used to jump in buses from Wentworth to town, Christian Bantam and, and myself, two other guys, and we would preach to people in the bus. We had a captive audience. No one's going anywhere, okay? And those days we had loud voices. You know, God anointed our voices, and we used to preach the gospel, you know? When I look at all of these things, I realize that sometimes the favor of God will manifest upon your life because God knew that I'm raising you up to be a teacher of my word. And this speech impediment of yours, I need to cure it. Right? I want to say this to you. If you regard any deficiency in your life right now, either in character, in mentality, emotion, or, or by personality type, you say, I'm not that personality type, yet God is leading me to do that. The two are not compatible. I want to encourage you. God will, if God called you to a thing, He will prepare you for the thing. If God called you to an arena, He will give you the wherewithal for you to function effectively in that realm. And you know it's grace when you know in your own strength you could not have gotten there. And you were rendered ineligible to do. Amen. Amen? So don't circumscribe your destiny and limit it to what your personality dictates of you. Because sometimes God wants to go beyond that. Right? God wants to go beyond that. Right? Some of us need to break the barriers mentally. Break the barriers mentally. You don't see yourself operating in specific realms. Today the Lord says break the barrier. It's a mental block you are having. You know what God said to Mary? The thing in you will be the holy child. Call his name Jesus, remember? She asked the question, how can these things be? The angel said to her, do not fear, Mary. Fear for the magnitude of what God is venturing you into can inhibit your administration of what God is wanting you to do. Fear will be your biggest problem. I don't want observing notice on fear today. Do not fear. Do not fear. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you like He did Mary. And He will equip you with all the technology in your womb, in your spirit being, that you need to do the job. I'm saying to God, yes. You know, I never ever thought I would be speaking on platforms where I'm speaking presently. That I'm speaking, number one, is a miracle. <laughs> Publicly like this, right? I, I recall my, my teachers at school would say to me, Randolph, you know that's of orals? They say to me, Randolph, if you don't come now to the front of the class and speak, I'm going to give you a zero. Come and say something. I would just say, no, that's fine. Give me the notes. <laughs> I can live with that. I'll find another means to pass the subject. You know, I always escaped English. <laughs> you know, it's not my thing, you know. And now I'm speaking publicly on platforms. If you told me a few years ago, that's where God is taking you, I would say, no way, Jose. Not with present state of affairs. But when grace comes upon your life, I've, I've discovered this. Grace alters and fills in the, the gaps which you think are deficiencies that render you ineligible for certain functions. Grace will override those things. Yeah? Did, Noah, did, uh, did Moses find grace? Yes. 
He said, I found grace in your eyes. Right? Remember he gave excuses. I cannot speak. Right? God filled the gap. God gave him Aaron. Right? I'm telling you, all I want you to believe right now, brethren. Some of you need to take off the dreams you've shelved. Go, everyone go home today and go to your shelf. You know that shelf you got? That imaginary one? And you've suspended dreams. You've suspended projects. You're saying, well, and I am saying, the Lord says, I am ready to perform my word for you. I'm ready to push. I'm ready to hasten the, 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 the process. Amen? God's saying, Randolph, I'm ready to roll. Are you? Let's do the thing. Are you? I need your human cooperation here. If you sit back lazy, doing nothing, going nowhere very fast, nothing's going to happen. Right? Tell your neighbor, don't be lazy. Right? Do something. Do something. Do something. Yes, do something. Right? Do something. It's not well thought, thou good and faithful servant. It's well done. It's not well planned, thou good and faithful servant. Because sometimes we, people are forever planning, 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 and never ever doing, doing, doing. Right? So it's well done. I want to activate, let me just say this to all of you here. I have much to speak, but I want to speak to you. All of you have something significant of value to offer the kingdom and the world. All of you. God has graciously endowed you with an assignment for you to do. So I want to encourage you to push the process. Do you know, listen carefully, I meant to say this last week. I'm all over the place today. Please bear with me. Please bear with me. The greatest expression of favor that you and I enjoy today is the simple privilege that we are God's sons. That of and in itself is a tremendous honor. Do you know when I think about it, that God chose me as his son before the foundations of the world? It's an amazingly mind-blowing thought that I am God's son. Wow. That he chose me in him. Ephesians 1.3, he chose me and for he chose me in him, in Christ, before the found that God is my daddy. Wow. That God is my papa. Right? Remember that uh, the joke they sent around, I think it was on Facebook and it went viral via WhatsApp. The two boys were, were talking, two youngsters were talking. They were comparing notes. But, so the one guy asked, the one boy asked his friend, Oh, what about your dad? Does he know anybody famous? So the boy responds with losses. Oh, yeah, I think so, because often when I hear him pray, I hear him refer to God as his father. Get the revelation. This young boy was convinced, my dad must know something, somebody significant, because whenever he prays, he calls dad his papa, his father. I want to encourage you, the fact that God elected you chose you from before time began. And that you in time responded to his choice favorably is a blessing beyond measure. Many are called, but few are chosen. But God has got his hand on you. I want to encourage you, that for me, listen, is the first point from which the favor of God in my life starts to outwork itself. If you never ever appreciate your status... Your identity as a son, you can never ever hope 
to, to fully explore what God as, as you as God's son will hope to do in and through you. You see, we all want favor outwardly with signs, wonders, or things happening in our lives, as we've said. But they all flow out from a mentality that I am God's son, therefore I am favored. God deals graciously and preferentially with me because I am his son. My papa, my daddy. Everyone say papa. Say daddy. This is endearing terms. My, my father will take good care of me. Come hell or high water, I have a dad. Right? Ask your neighbor, who's your daddy? Right? Yeah. You know, the revelation of the fatherhood of God. Favor flows out from a mentality that God is my father. Come hell or high water, he will never abandon me. He will take good care of me at every turn. I have a father, okay? He knows my name, the song we sing I love, okay? Mary was highly favored because she was chosen amongst many Hebrew girls to be the receptacle, the recipient of the one who would bear the Christ child in a womb, be pregnant for nine months, bear the boy, and together with Joseph, raise the boy in their home for 33 or 30 years before they would release him to public ministry. The Lord spoke to me about that. And he said, she bore him physically, but you bear him spiritually. She had the actual seed, the actual baby, flesh and blood. But you have the seed of Christ resident in the womb of your spirit. Note the following verses. What did Paul say in Galatians 4.27? He said, my children whom I again labor until Christ is formed in you. What is God's intent? That Christ will be formed in us, right? Christ must be, she, the baby, uh, as a fetus grew and nine months was formed in a, in a womb. But he must now be formed to maturity in, in us. So everyone say this. Christ must be formed in me to maturity. There's a formation that, that, that is growing to maturity. Now, secondly, Galatians 1.15 says this, and 16. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not con immediately consult with flesh and blood. Note what, what Paul said. Go to the next verse. Oh, this verse. To reveal His Son where? Do you know, as he has been formed in you, he is being revealed in you. And he will showcase himself through you. When Christ who is your life is revealed. Yes. Know the text? Then shall you be revealed with him in glory. Right? So it's like, you know, growing in God is more about the revelation of the Son in you. He is coming to fullness in you. It's like he's in you. Already in fullness, but he's been unveiled progressively to your experience as you grow up in him. So Paul says, Christ must be formed where? In you. Paul here also said in Galatians, it pleased God. You know, I like this. Tell your papa, just lift up your hands, close and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, watch, listen. I'm saying you must always lift up the hands and say, wow, the thought is mind-blowing. You chose 
that in this vessel, you're going to reveal in me your son. And wherever I go in the workplace, in my marriage, on the sports field, wherever I function, I become the face of the revelation of Christ to my world. That's an awesome responsibility. But let me just say this. It's part of the favor. It's part of the favor you and I as sons of God enjoy. And then lastly, Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love, we must grow up. Everyone say grow up. Grow up in all aspects, not some aspects. In all aspects, how? Into Him who is the head. So watch. As He's been formed in me, Galatians 1, right? Or Colossians, sorry. As He's been formed in me, He's been revealed in me. And as that take pla takes place, I am growing up into Him. Not in some dimensions. But in all aspects. So of a truth it can be said, as he is, so are we in this world. Not in heaven, in this world. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So it demands maturity. You see, now I'm going to talk about favor and how this links. Some of us want the over-demonstrable expressions of favor in our lives. But it's all going to flow out from a revelation of the Son of God in you. Because it's the Son in you that God is favoring. Remember Romans 8, 28, 29? For those He foreknew, He also predestined that they might be conformed to what? Conformed to the image. Put it up. Okay. I assumed you know the verse. Sorry. Romans 8, 28 and 29. Okay, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose, right? How many of us like this verse? We often quote it. Hey, all things are working together for my good. He's intentional. You know that song? <laughs> all things are working together for my good. We often view this verse as things can be going horribly wrong, but God is going to work it in for my good. All things, and yes, there's part truth to that. But the purpose here was talking about your purpose of God, selection of you before time began. Right? And the purpose here is sonship. Everyone say sonship. He chose you as His Son in Christ from before the foundations of the world. Okay? So all things, then the next verse will explain it. For those He foreknew, He also did what? He predestined to be conformed. What is the ultimate object of your predestination? It's conformation to the image. Right? Everyone say the image. Now, what did God, when God made Adam, what did God say to him? The Bible says, how were they made? They were made in the image and in the likeness of God. So watch. God makes man in his image and his likeness. And then he says to them, be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion over all the earth. What is fruitfulness? What is productivity? And dominion given to. Fruitfulness, success, be fruitful, multiply, and rule, have dominion. Dominion and fertility is given to the image of God in man. It, you get the order right. It says, I make you in my image. Here's the deal. If you violate the image, you abort the mandate. Because dominion is given to the image of God in you. 
So I want to encourage you. Everyone say favor. But in pursuing favor, don't distort the image. In pursuing favor, don't distort your sonship. Because God is going to bless His image and the, the formation of the Son in your life. Okay? Countless examples exist in the Bible. People start off well and end off poorly. Remember we did this study? Like King Uzziah. Right? God blesses you, but the moment you start to violate principle, you violate the attendant blessing of God upon your, upon your life. So Cain kills Abel. We did this before. Remember? Is murder permissible? Right? You know, the moment, I forgot to complete this thought before we get there. Predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be what? Firstborn where? This was a bad translation, this word among. He would be firstborn among many brethren. The Greek word for among is the word en, in English translated in. So he's not the firstborn, like if he's among us, if Jesus is among us, he'll be among us. This text says he's not firstborn among us. The Greek says he's firstborn in everyone. Because if I'm among this group, okay, Lester's father, OG is closer, I'm closer to OG than I am to Lester by, by distance now, right? OG has an unfair advantage than Lester because he's far, right? But if I'm in everybody, everyone has the same measure, right? It is God's intent that every son, it's God's intent that every son be filled with the image of the firstborn son in you. And when the earth recognizes this, this was, I know we know these things, but it's a simple reminder. I want to encourage you. The firstborn son, Christ, has made you a firstborn in Christ. What is true of him is true of you. You get double portion of your father's estate. You know, the, the most privileged sense of favor is this. I'm not just a son. I'm an heir. Every son is an heir. If there's a will, I want to be in it. Yeah? Anybody? If someone says there's a will, first question, am I in it? <laughs> Never mind. Especially if it's a rich man. Is my name there? We say where there's a will, there's a way. But we're changing that. Where there's a will, I want to be in it. Right? You know, God has a will for you. And here's the deal. He's not just made you an heir. The Bible says he's made you a joint heir, co-heir with his son. Every privilege that Jesus has, you have. Get the revelation. You know why? You're going to leave this building in a few minutes. If you walk out there saying, Randolph says it's a season of favor, but you don't fully appropriate your position and your rights as a son. Right? It's not going to happen. Know what God has given you. You know, it's, it's, it's fine if I'm just a son of God and even if I'm an heir of Christ. That for me in itself is mind-blowing. But when the book of Romans says, not just an heir, it says we're an heir of God and co-heirs with His Son. Joint heirs. Whatever He's privy to, so am I. Right? So now, I don't walk around thinking, Oh, what's going to happen to me for this particular need I'm facing? Tell yourself, I'm a firstborn son in Christ. I am eligible 
to steward the earth. God said to me, made in his image, I must have dominion, I must increase, grow, and multiply. Right? So I will have dominion because dominion is given to the image of God. Right? Do you remember when Cain killed Abel? Right? He violated protocol. What was the, the judgment of God on Cain? It's Genesis 4.12. Check what God says to Cain. I'm going to pray something very seriously in a moment. Please keep your spirit man alive and keep attentive, right? Keep focused, right? God said this to Cain. When you cultivate the ground, okay, it will no longer yield what? It's strength to you. Why? You will be a vagrant and a wanderer upon the earth. So watch. First John prohibits murder. I won't go into the details. The book of First John prohibits murder on this basis and the book of Genesis. That to murder another is to violate the image of God in the other. Right? Because men were made at incipient in the image of God. Sin distorts that. But to murder someone is to violate the image of God in the other. It's clearly taught in the book of Genesis and in the book of 1 John. So it even says now, if you hate your brother, you are a murderer, John would say. We'll carry on saying, if you hate someone, you are a murderer. Yeah, the first brother in human history, first murder, took place between brothers in the same household. Why? Adam disconnected from God as his father. Whenever there's disconnection from God as father, the murder of a brother becomes an option. If you disconnect, let me I'll say this seriously. Some of you are saying, how can I uh, allow myself to be swallowed up into that activity? If you disconnect, things become options for which in a previous time period you would not even thought twice about. But the moment you disconnect from God as your source, a whole lot of things become optional or alternatives in your world. I want to encourage you, keep the connection with Father. This is a warning to us. Don't, I'm, I'm picking this like I picked up last week. I don't know what's happening here. I'm picking up this frequency like we did last week. Do not do anything clandestinely. Do not do anything secretly. You will be found out. This is a warning. God says His eye is is in the high place and in the low place. His eye is in the light and his eye is in the darkness. Right? Remember, why was I said last week, Mary favored with, with all this favor? The Bible says she was a virgin. There was a purity about her. Not so? Everyone say purity. Right? You know, I, I'm really, you know, even I'm so hard on myself these days. I'm saying, Randolph, whatever it takes, keep yourself pure. Whatever it takes, be pure. Be holy. Uh, practically live out righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, but live your life out in a holy fashion before the, the Lord. Right? I mean, did Cain ever thought the option or the possibility of murdering Abel will be an alternative? Right? But he did. You know what he did that? He violated his, his status as God's son too. And the image of God in him, yes, the deal, was marred. Now, the ground... Everyone say the ground. The ground doesn't even recognize him. Because he was put in the earth to have dominion over creation. But when you violate the image of God, the very thing you are designed to dominate doesn't even recognize you. God is saying to Cain, 
You try farming, bro. Try now. Okay? You're, you're a farmer. You're a man of the field. Just try it now. Sow your seed. Check this ground will no longer respond to your, even to your sowing. You, there are principles of sowing and reaping in agriculture, not so in cultivation. Any farmer knows if I plant, apply right conditions, something is going to happen. God now says to Cain, you have just frustrated a principle in the earth designed to bless you by virtue of your marring my image in you. You see, creation recognizes you. This is the revelation I want you to have as you leave this morning. Creation recognizes you. God has programmed this earth with a capacity to serve sons of God. The earth will bow to you. The, the already established principles God said from before time began, designed for your benefit, will recognize you. They will bow to you and they will yield up their strength to you. Right? I want to encourage you. Next time you go, in any context, tell your mind this. You better tell yourself this. You're going to some context. Kyle, tell yourself this. You, know, you must practice, right? What I'll do is I'll send you an email. I've drafted something from my old study, a self-talk. You all like self-talks? I like it. You know what they do? They remind me of who I am. Put the scriptures there. I'll read it in the morning. Do it for the next five days. Get the mentality right. You walk there and you say, Hey, I'm not just favored. I am highly favored. Like Mary was. I am God's son. God is my daddy. I have a huge advantage over many others. God likes me. He loves me. I have preferential treatment by him. I'm his firstborn. I am his son. Wow, what a privilege. He has been formed in me. He is being revealed in me. I am growing up into him in all things. When I function on this earth, God, you know what? Why did God make the heavens and the earth? Why? Huh? That's how Genesis 1, 1 starts. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. The natural question to ask is, why? The last item put on the earth was a man made from the earth. That's you and I. God made everything to serve you. He prepared the context to serve you. Heaven and earth was made with you in mind. David had this astounding revelation. What is man, God, that you are so mindful of us? You, you, you so intend to bless us. Pastor Thamo says, Genesis 2 verse 1 and 2. Well, when God finished, He made the heavens of the earth, and He finished the works of His hands. Just check it a look. Genesis 2, verse 1. You know? Okay, this message came out a bit different than I anticipated. But listen carefully. I want to encourage you. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their what? All their what? All their hosts. Heaven and earth were made to accommodate the purposes of God in man. Now, tell your neighbor this. Heaven and earth was made for you. Everything about heaven and earth. Let your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Heaven is the resource center. Huh? Every bit of creation. Pastor Thamo calls it a gravitational force field. 
when you as a son walk around. It's like every principle in the whole universe recognizes who you are. And they, there's a force field. It gravitates towards you to fulfill, to bless you, to ensure that you have the wherewithal to fulfill the purposes of God in your world. The, the, the Hebrew word for host there is sabah. T-S-A-B-A, the word sabah. It literally means things designed with military precision to serve, with the idea of servitude. Get the revelation. Lisa, you must think this. Everything in heaven, everything in earth was designed by God to serve His purposes in me. You know, man was the last piece of earth that God created. Made from the dust of the of, of the ground, right? And as the rain falls down and waters the earth, the Bible says, and does not return, so shall my word. It will go forth from my mouth, it will not return to me void. Has it not been raining incessantly? And stopping, eh? It's raining. And I want to encourage us that this is a season. I just sense, I don't know why I can't move away from this thought. Never ever think from this point onwards, church, that things are working against me. Right? You can try, but God works all things. Colossians, I think, says, and even Ephesians, after the counsel of his own will. He works all things in after the counsel of his own will. So what the enemy, Joseph, would say to his brothers, what you thought it for evil. You thought you were working against me, but you were actually providing fuel for God to accomplish what He wanted to accomplish in me. So even the negative things that men plot and scheme against you, God turns around the evil that was intended for your destruction. He turns it around for your construction. Right? You can't curse me. Try. Even your curse will work for me. Right? I am immune to your curse. I'm even immune to your gossip. I'm immune to your dishonor, to your bad thoughts. If God bless me, no human agency or devil on the earth can curse me. Tell you that you are blessed. You see, favor starts with a? Peter, you are blessed. Right? Blessed man. Right? I know some of you guys with little hair. <laughs> Don't read this the wrong way. <laughs> blessed. You see, you must walk out of, this, out of this place saying all of these things in your mind. All of creation, heaven and earth, is designed to serve God's purposes in me. When, when I function, everything gravitates to serve God's purposes in, in me. If I negotiate with people, they start to like me. They don't know, but God can turn the heart of a king just to be favorable to me. I am blessed and I'm highly favored of the Lord. Amen. I am blessed and I'm highly favored of the Lord. So I want to encourage you. It starts with a, a mentality. And yet we carry all of these things with tremendous humility. We are submitted. We're not arrogant. We're not proud. Be humble. Maintain your humble disposition. Amen. Lift your hands before the Lord. I will speak more to principles of favor in the coming weeks. But the Lord clearly instructed me. Rano, don't carry on until you get the mindset of your people right. It's a, think right. Think right. Right? 
you are blessed. Come on, lift your hands. I, de I, de I declare to you, church, that you are blessed of the Lord. You are highly favored of God. God loves you. God likes you. You are God's firstborn son. Right? You are the elect of God. You are God's choice from before the foundations of the world. You are God's favored son in the earth. As his son becomes to full maturity as the firstborn son in all of you, that image of the Christ in you will cause heaven and earth, every principle and policy in the heavens and earth, to gravitate to serving the purposes of God in you. I decree and declare you will not lack any resource to do God's will. To have a life that is blessed, God gives us everything both for life and for godliness. I decree to you, allow creation to recognize the Christ in you. And so favor will be unleashed to you. In the name of the Lord. Father, we are so grateful for your choosing of us as sons. We bless you. We honor you. Such knowledge, such honor you've given to men on the earth. You don't just call us sons. You call us co-heirs with your eternal son. What a privilege. I am not just a son. I'm a co-heir. Of all that you are, Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Father, I thank you that such knowledge, when we walk in the earth with, there's no devil that will oppose your purpose in us. The devil is not our biggest problem. He's been dealt with 2,000 years ago on the cross. I decree a blessed mentality that every single one of us are blessed in the Lord. There's nothing that we cannot do in your will that we'll not be able to do because you will cause all heaven and all earth to recognize and gravitate towards the purposes of the Lord in us. I decree great grace, great peace upon every single one. I thank you, Father, we're going to hear more testimonies of breakthroughs, more testimonies of people coming into certain um, dimensions of your purposes. Not sought for, yet you bring it. Your, your grace, your benevolent, kind nature be activated. Deal kindly with your people. Thank you that you have not dealt with us as our sins deserve. We magnify your name. Thank you for your plenitude. No end to the kindness that you've promised. Your anger lasts for one moment, but your favor for a whole lifetime. Bless you, honor you, and we thank you, our Father. In Jesus' name, amen.